Welcome back, Mizio family. Today, you'll hear Pastor Josh talk about how God is with us. He chose to enter this world and come to rescue us. When life seems messy, God is there. If you have any questions about Missio, you'd like to join a missional community, or you have any prayer requests, please contact us at missio.life. One quick note before you listen to this service. We had some technical difficulties, so if there's some scripture that you missed, if you check the notes of this podcast, you'll see the verses used. Verses used today were Matthew 1, 18-25, Luke 1, 30-35, Deuteronomy 22-22, and Romans 8-28. Thank you for your patience and understanding. Be seated. Well, hey, good morning. How's everybody doing today? You know, we had that little uh, poll earlier about the snow. I'm definitely, uh, you know, down here. I'm like, no snow. I'm happy that we don't have snow. And for those of you that want snow, please don't pray for it, okay? We'll just, uh, we'll just let God take care of that in his time, all right? Um, but anyway, it's good to be with you again. We're starting a new series today, and it's called God With Us. So I would, I'm willing to bet that uh, you would agree with me in this statement that one of the best gifts that you can give to another person is your presence. Not like presence like you unwrap, but your presence, like being with them. You know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been in a crisis or if you've gone through a hard time and you needed other people around you, one of the greatest gifts that you can give is yourself, being there. And as a pastor, there have been times where I've had to walk into crises and not know what to say. It's like, what do you say when somebody's just lost a loved one or there's been a really bad diagnosis? And an old pastor friend of mine once said, he said, sometimes you just say nothing. You're just there. You just show up. And so our gift of, of being a presence in somebody's life is it's so meaningful. Uh, this past week, my wife had a surgery on Tuesday, and uh, it was a follow-up surgery. Many of you know that she broke her ankle last February on Valentine's Day. We were going to have a little uh, date for lunch, which never happened, so maybe this February we can, we can make up for that. But uh, anyway, she slipped on the ice, shattled, shattered her ankle, and had to have surgery. And so this was a follow-up surgery to remove plates and screws uh, in the recovery process, but you know she was down, and we had a number of you texted or called or reached out to us, and we're just so thankful and grateful uh, for you um, partnering with us in that and just being a support. Uh, in addition to that, too, her mom came and stayed with us, and I get along pretty good with my mother-in-law, and she's fun to have around because the longer she's there, the cleaner the house gets. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's a weird phenomenon that it's like she's there, and all of a sudden, this room is clean, and now the kitchen's clean, and I went downstairs in the basement, and I'm like, the basement's organized, and... So it's great to, to have people in our lives that we can count on and be supportive. And as good as that is to have people in our lives, people sometimes let us down too. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, man, I just don't really have people around me that are supportive. My family's maybe checked out or uh, I don't have a lot of friends or maybe I just kind of feel alone. And the good news is that even though people will fail us at times, because they will, and we will fail other people because we're human, the good news for all of us is that we are never alone when it comes to God. 
because he is perfect and he never lets us down. He is always there. And that's, that's such good news for us because again, people can, can hurt us, they can leave us. And maybe you've been hurt by people in the past. Maybe you've had family members kind of check out. Uh, maybe even in church. You know, some people carry church hurt with them. And my hope is that um, as a people, we can be a support to you and, and maybe be your church family. And we're not going to be perfect, but we're going to do the best that we can. But again, the good news is God is perfect. Amen? And that's good news for us. How do we know that? We know that because of the Christmas story. Now, when we think of Christmas story, we think of, oh yeah, it's, it's the baby in the manger. It's Jesus, and, and it's the angels, and they're singing with the trumpets, and it's the shepherds, and, and the wise men, and they bring gifts. And what do they bring? Gold, frankincense and myrrh. We have no idea what that is, but um, they bring myrrh. And uh, so anyway, and so they, they come and they bring these gifts to Jesus and we've seen the pageants and we've seen the movies and maybe you've grown up around church and you know the Christmas story. And being so familiar with the Christmas story can be a bad thing for us at times because we forget how important it is. Like this is one of the most important things that ever happened in all of history God sending Jesus down into this world. So Christmas is not just about a baby being born to grow into a man and be a great teacher or a great leader, and he was, but it's so much bigger than that, that God wanted to send Jesus on a rescue mission for people like you and me, so we would not be alone, that we could have a relationship with God. And so I hope that through this series, you'll begin to understand that God is with you you. He is with me. That is his desire, to be Emmanuel, God with us. And we're going to look at some examples from Scripture with people in the past and how he is with us in the present as well. So we're going to go to the book of Matthew. If you have a Bible and you want to go there, we're going to, uh, Matthew 1, we're going to read from Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And I'm in the ESV, if that's helpful, if you want to Get that on your Bible app. Okay, so it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. But the interesting thing about this text is that it it just kind of moves into this idea that Mary's pregnant. It's like, well, how did that happen? Did Mary just wake up one day and she's pregnant? No, there was some events that took place before that. And so uh, Mary did have a bit of a heads up on the fact that she was going to have a baby, she had a visitor. Uh, the angel Gabriel showed up, and 
So I know it isn't from this text, but I want to read another passage from Luke chapter 1. It gives us a little bit of a, a backstory, like how did Mary get pregnant and you know, what's some of the, the details around that. So Luke chapter 1, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be? I'm a virgin. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So Gabriel visited Mary and said, you're going to be pregnant, but not in the way that people normally get pregnant. We know how people get pregnant. That didn't happen. And so Mary is all of a sudden pregnant, and she's pregnant with the Son of God. Like, she knew from the prophecies. I mean, Mary was was a Jewish girl. She knew the prophecies. She knew that there was a promised Messiah, and now this angel tells her, Mary, it's you. You're the one who's going to carry the Son of God. You're going to bear this child. So Mary is pregnant, and I I mean, you can just about imagine, like, well, who's the father? Who's the dad? Do we need to do some DNA tests? Like, I'm sure people were talking. Uh, And and Mary, she was probably between the age of 12 and 14. This is crazy. Like, she's young. And she's betrothed to Joseph, who's probably a little older, maybe 18, 19. And for Mary being pregnant, there's really only a couple of explanations for everybody else, right? Other than take this miraculous you know, encounter with God out of the question. Um, either she and Joseph were together before they were married, which was shameful. Or two, um, Mary was with some other guy, which again was shameful. And then you can say, well, was it, was it consensual or non-consensual? It gets more complicated. So it was a scandal. Think about this. The fact that Mary was pregnant was scandalous in that day. And I don't know if we fully realize that. You can about imagine the, the people talking, right? Did you hear about Mary? She's pregnant. Yeah, but they're not married yet. I know. Well, who's the dad? I heard it wasn't even Joseph. I mean, could you imagine the things that Mary had to hear? The gossip that was probably going around the village? And then Gabriel shows up. She says, don't fear, Mary, don't be afraid, God is with you. See, I'm sure that Mary felt like she was in a big mess. I'm in this situation, God's put me in this, and I have to endure people's uh, critique, and they're talking, and and, and I don't really know how to be a mom, right? Think about it. She's a a young girl, and she's got to be a mom for the first time. She had the shame of people's words and and accusing her of, of things that she didn't do. The fact that she's never had a child before, I mean, she didn't have all the, you know, stuff figured out about like morning sickness and like you moms in here, you probably have some tricks and tips, right? If you've been pregnant before, Mary didn't know that stuff. She's brand new. And imagine having the pressure of raising the son of God. Like you think you have pressure as a parent? (laughs) Raise Jesus, you know, other than I think the discipline would have been pretty awesome, you know, like... No eye rolling, no back talk, no disobedience. Like, hey, go do your chores. Okay, you know. Jesus was probably pretty easy to parent in that way. But talk about pressure. Hey, don't mess this up. Got the Son of God here. Like, 
So God was with Mary. That's what he assured her. God, God, is, with, God is with you is what Gabriel said because she had fears. And maybe you're walking through something in life right now and you've got some fears and you've got some messes and you're like, I, I just don't know if God is with me. I don't, I don't feel it. I don't sense that he is with me. Well, let me tell you something. The same God that walked with Mary through her pregnancy is the same God that's with you and wants to walk with you through your struggles. That's true. We can, we can rest in that today. You may be here today and maybe you've got a medical situation. You've had a diagnosis that is very hard and you don't know what to do about it. God is with you. Or maybe you're here today and your marriage is on the rocks and you're struggling and you don't know if you can save it. God is with you. Or if you're here today and you're just buried in debt financially, you just don't know how you're going to come back from this. God is with you. Maybe there's a strained relationship, a family member, and you've got to make some hard choices. God is with you. God was with Mary in her mess. And God is with each of us in our messes, whatever they might be. God is with Mary, but he was also with Joseph. I want to look at Joseph. Uh, verse 19. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Imagine how Joseph felt in this situation. Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant. Okay, well, well, some questions, some conversations, like what's going on, Mary? And and Joseph, he doesn't, um, he doesn't want to stir this up, but like he can't really go through with the marriage either. He knows that she's been unfaithful. So his heart's broken and he's like, "I, I can't go through with this. And so he's got, a, got some stuff to deal with. Now, because in, in their day, more than likely, Joseph had paid the bride price to marry Mary. And they were probably engaged for about a year. That was pretty typical in, the, in their uh, times. And so they were, he was betrothed to, to get married to her and, and just not really sure, like, okay, I can't really go through with this, so I'm just going to put her away quietly, is what the Bible said. Now, he could have gone nuclear, There's actually Old Testament law. He had grounds to have her executed. Do you guys realize that? Like, that's crazy. Deuteronomy 22.22 says, If a man is found lying with the wife of another man, both of them shall die. The man who lay with the woman and the woman, so you shall purge the evil from Israel. He could have gone gone that way. He could have said, all right, we're going to call this on the carpet and we're going to make this right. But Joseph didn't do that. He, it shows that he's gracious. And I'm sure he's crushed and I'm sure he's struggling, but he says, I'm just gonna put her away quietly. I'm just gonna divorce her and move on and turn the page and I'm not gonna deal with this. And I'm sure he had the voices going on too. Did you hear about Mary? Yeah, she's pregnant. Joseph's not the dad. Is he gonna marry her? Is he gonna go through with it? Can you imagine But then God speaks to Joseph as well. And he speaks to him in a dream. He lets Joseph in on the plan. And Joseph's probably thinking, God, why didn't you tell me a little sooner, right? 
He was ready to divorce her, but uh, anyway, God shows up in his time and speaks to Joseph in a dream. And he says, have no fear to take Mary as your wife. I love that God knows the heart of Joseph and, and what his fear is, is to take her as his wife. So he addresses his fear. See, fear lies to us. Fear tells us that God is not with us. Fear tells us that God has abandoned us and that we're alone. And Joseph had real fear. And God had to say, no, 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 Joseph, stop. Do not fear. So Joseph needed to hear that from God. God didn't want Joseph to handle the situation, which again, what he was going to do is just put her away quietly. He said, no, Joseph, you're a part of this plan too. You're in on it. And even though people are going to misunderstand that Mary's pregnant and that this is a scandal, you're going to walk through this together and I'm with you. So you might be in a situation right now in your life that you want to get out of. You might be in a situation, you're like, God, just get me out of this mess. God doesn't always just take us out of, out of our messes. He didn't with Mary and Joseph. They had to walk through it. That was part of his plan. And so God might have you in a mess today because he's forming and molding your character and your heart. And he's doing something profound in you. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them. So God doesn't always clear up our messes, but rather he asks us to trust him in the mess. That's what he was telling Joseph. He says, just trust me, I got this. I wanna pause for a couple of questions here of discussion, some dialogue. The first one is this, why is it hard to trust God when you're afraid? Why is it hard to trust God when you're afraid? Uncomfortable? What else? We have an invisible God that we need to trust for a very visible trouble. Yeah, we have an invisible God that needs to be trusted for very visible things that are happening in our lives. We can't see him. It's hard to trust. What else? Yeah. When we're afraid, we're hearing all the other voices. Yeah, the voices that are telling us to run and hide and be ashamed. And, and we're not listening to the voice of God, right? He's the one who says, just trust me. I got this. Second question, how is the promise that God is with you? Good news. What do you guys think? I don't have to come up with all the answers. Because God can come up with some of them for me and they're going to be better than anything I come up with. She said, I don't have to come up with all the answers. God's got the answers and they're better than mine. <laughs> true, true. What else? Promise of surrender. Say that again promise of surrender yeah because the fact that God is with us we don't need to rely on self we can rely on him right yeah and actually fear drives us to God if we let it our fears can take us to him because we say I need you God I'm afraid 
Were you going to say something over here? The voice that says you are, you are all alone. Hmm. Yeah, the voice that tells you you're all alone, which is a lie. God is with us. So God was with Mary and Joseph through this pregnancy scandal. He was with them, right? And he walked through the hard conversations that I'm sure they had to have with family and friends and around town. But there's a bigger purpose to all this. God didn't just, he wasn't just with Mary and Joseph so that they could get through their struggles There was a bigger purpose. It was Jesus. Jesus was coming. Jesus had come down to this world because Jesus came to take care of the biggest mess of all. The biggest mess of all time is our mess, our sin. That's why Jesus came. Verse 21, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So the word Emmanuel in Hebrew literally means God with us. And Uh, The the Messiah was prophesied about in Isaiah 7 and 8, and it talks about Emmanuel, God with us. Verse 23 in our text says, Behold, the virgin will conceive and and, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. That name is brought up over and over and over because God wants us to know, I am with you. I am physically with you. See, Jesus could have stayed in heaven and maybe fixed this problem of sin some other way, but he didn't. He said, no, I'm gonna put flesh on, I'm gonna put skin on in the form of a human and I'm gonna come down there and I'm gonna live with you and I'm gonna be with you and I'm gonna live the perfect life that you could never live and I'm gonna die a death on a cross for you so you don't have to die, so that you can live. Jesus didn't come down just to to teach people. Jesus didn't come down just to do miracles and heal people or, or to comfort us. I mean, yes, those things are all true, But he came on a rescue mission to save us from our sins. That's our biggest mess of all. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. We are in bondage to sin and we might not even know it. We're bound by the wrong things that we do. So who sinned? All of us. I have, you have, every human being except Jesus. He knows every sin we've ever created. And he could have sat up in heaven and threw up his hands and said, okay, I'm done with them. I'm gonna wipe them all out. They failed. But no, he says, I'm gonna come down there. And I'm gonna send my only son into this broken world knowing that the world would crucify him, that the world would abuse him, mock him, That's the Christmas story, God with us. I'm gonna send Jesus, my only son, so that you can live the ultimate gift, eternal life. The biggest mess we find ourselves in is our sin. There's nothing we can do about it. We're helpless without Jesus. That's the gospel, Emmanuel, God with us. My question for you today is, do you know Jesus? Do you know him? I'm not just the story, not just Jesus in a manger, not just, you know, Jesus the teacher or the healer or a prophet, but do you know him as your savior? That's why he came. He came to redeem souls. He came to forgive us, to give us freedom from sin, to give us a new start, and to give us the promise that we'll never be alone. 
And that's why Christmas is so important. It came for you. It came for me. Two more questions. First one is this. What, did, what are some of the ways that people try to deal with their own sin? You think of some ways that people try to maybe take care of their own sin on their own? What do you guys think? By comparing themselves to others, yeah. Someone's worse. Kind of justify our own sin. Like, I'm not so bad. Look at her. Look at him. Sorry, I wasn't trying to look at you, Arlen. (laughs) It's kind of an awkward eye contact you made there. But we try to compare ourselves to other people, right? Yeah. How else do people try to deal with their sin? Come up with a list of rules that they have to follow. Come up with a list of rules, yeah. Legalism. Try to compensate, make up for it. Yeah, we try to compensate, like good deeds. Around Christmas time, people are like, oh, I'm doing good deeds. That makes up for all the sins. Like, like if we do something good, it'll erase something bad we did. Like that's in the movies and stuff. That is not reality, guys. There's no amount of good deeds that we can do to take care of our sin. Jesus said, no, I'm gonna come down there and I'm gonna fi- fix it for you once and for all. Die on the cross, it's done. That's, that's the gospel. So good. Second question. What do you think Jesus meant by the statement, everyone who sins is a slave of sin? What do you think about that? Most sin controls your life after a while. Most sin controls your life after a while. It does. Yeah, we start to serve it. It becomes our master. Any other thoughts on that? Yeah, she said, unless you totally give your sin to God, we're always trying to do something to get out of it. Self-help. Self, I can do this. I'm gonna white knuckle it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be better. Jesus says, you can't. I've come to set the captives free. I've come to give you freedom, to give you new life. You can't do it on your own. You're powerless. See, when we find ourselves in a messy situation, it's easy for us to believe that God is against us or that he has checked out on us. Maybe you're here today and you feel that way. You're like, God isn't for me. He doesn't love me. I feel alone. But again, the message is that God is with us. God was with Mary in her scandal and Joseph in his, you know, supporting her. And God is with you today. And we know it because he sent Jesus, the ultimate proof that God loves us. Some people, everybody asks, has God abandoned me? I've asked that question before. God, where are you? He says, I'm right here. God is here today. And his desire is to have a relationship with you. We're gonna take communion in just a few moments. And we're gonna take these elements. Hopefully you got a little um, cup when you came in. See, Jesus didn't just stay a baby. Jesus grew to be a man And then he laid down his life. We know the story. He laid down his life on the cross for my sin and for your sin. Jesus, before he went to the cross, he told his disciples, hey, he took that bread and he broke it. And he said, when you eat this bread, 
You do it as a symbol. It's in remembrance of me. Just like our bodies, we need to eat. We physically need to eat bread and food to stay alive. Jesus says, you need me to be alive. I am the bread of life. He said, eat this bread in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup and he blessed it. He said, this is a symbol of the new covenant. This is my blood spilled, poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Not self-help, not trying harder. Jesus' blood covers our sins. He says, as often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me and you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. So we take these elements as a remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus came to be with us. God was skin on and he died for us so that we could have life. And he enters into our mess. He says, I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna clean it up. And so I'm gonna pray and the band's gonna come and play a song for us. And uh, you can just take these elements at your own pace. Maybe you wanna spend some time in prayer thanking God for what he's done for you. And you can just take the elements um, at, your, at your pace. And uh, we've got a basket in the back. Anyone raise your hand if you need one. We can bring one to you. We also have gluten-free. A couple up here, Dave. And gluten-free is in the back, I believe. Somebody needs one. All right. Let me pray for us. And then, uh, yeah, you can just take some time with the Lord. Father, thank you so much for your love and for your grace. God, thank you for the promise that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, that you came down into this broken world. You entered into the mess. And you came to redeem what was broken and lost. You came to forgive us of our sins, to pay the penalty that we could never pay. For that, we are so grateful, Lord. We're so thankful. Jesus, we pray that we would be completely yielded and surrendered to you today. Open our hearts, God, speak to us. Remind us that you are near. And if we're in a hard time, we're in a struggle, may we trust you with that. Just as you called both Mary and Joseph, just trust me, I've got this. Doesn't mean we understand it, doesn't mean we like it. But you can be trusted, God, because that's who you are. So we thank you for your love, Thank you for your grace and for your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Josh left us with a few takeaways from today's service. The good news for all of us is that we are never alone when it comes to God. God with Mary. The same God that was with Mary during her pregnancy is the same God that wants to walk through your struggles with you. God with Joseph. You may not understand your situation, but God can be trusted. Fear tells us that we are alone, that God does not know what we are going through, or that he doesn't care. Fear is a liar. Over and over in scripture, we are told not to fear. Instead, trust God. God is with us. Jesus was coming to take care of the biggest mess of all time. Why was that necessary? Well, the biggest mess we find all ourselves in is our sinfulness. It's the common problem of humanity. In John 8, the Bible says we are slaves to sin. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Discussion questions. 
Why is it hard to trust God when we are afraid? How is the promise that God is with you good news? What are some of the ways that people try to deal with their sins? What did Jesus mean by slaves of sin? Thanks for listening, Missio family, and we'll see you again next week.